This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. Fad Camp is a comedy podcast about the ridiculousness of fad diets and diet culture, hosted by me, Grace Mulvey, and me, Connor Dowling. If you have a body of any kind, chances are you've crossed paths with at least one of the bizarre diet trends we cover in our show. And between me and Connor, we have done nearly every fad diet there is. Juice cleansing, fasting, the potato diet, which is actually a real diet by the way, and we don't recommend it. So join us as we try to make sense of the madness that is diet culture. Find Fad Camp everywhere you get your podcasts and make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Fad Camp Podcast. Welcome back to Rap Chat. I'm your host, Mark Monks, and today I'm joined by a very talented writer, director, and actor, Baz Black. Welcome to the show. Thanks very much for having me. Firstly, I'd like to congratulate you on your directorial debut, Dublin Crust. Congratulations. Thanks, Thanks very much. <laughs> <laughs> we got it. We got it there in the end. A bit stressful, but yeah, glad <laughs> yeah. to see it and yeah. over the finish line. Can I ask, um, uh, way back in, can I cast your mind back way back into like, the pre-production phase, what was the... Uh, kind of writing kind of process that you had for Dublin Crust? Um, well, it actually started out as a short, um, a fully formed short. Um, I've done five or six shorts and that was going to be another one. Um, I actually entered it into the actor as creator, the Screen Ireland Bow Street thing. Got rejected, of course. <laughs> um, so threw my toys out of the pram and was never going to make a movie again. Yeah. But um, then it was my wife uh she was saying you know are we gonna go ahead and do it and i was like oh, i don't know and basically she said that uh because of the topic um it is my life like i was a punk drummer in a band uh, it's all it's yeah. quite personal she was like no you need to, this needs to be your feature and it was only when she said that i was like oh oh actually okay <laughs> i started uh changing it up and, and turning it into a feature and um, so took some elements that i had in the short but pretty much changed a lot of it um, and yeah. just started the, the writing process and it was it was quite organic the writing process because it, it's not based fully on true life but like I said it is my world Um, I was a punk drummer and I loosely based it on a notorious punk band that I drummed with for eight years Yeah. Um, and from the very start even with the short the singer of that band and the guitarist of that band were always going to play themselves because if you see the film or if you have the pleasure of meeting them in person, there is nobody that's going to replicate <laughs> those guys. You just yeah. you just can't do it, um, which was a huge risk because neither of them are working actors. Yeah. Um, Andy, the guitar player, he's done a little bit and um, 
Eddie's done some like you know podcasts and all that kind of stuff but he's never actually done acting so it was a huge yeah. risk but I just knew for the authenticity of the film that it needed those guys to be there uh, and then Joe Rooney he completed the the band by playing the bass player Terence. Cool, cool. Yeah. yeah, Sean Baker style. Yeah, 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 pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, just be yeah, because of the tone of the film, I just wanted it to be fully authentic, and uh, so the writing process came very naturally. Now, obviously, there is some fictionalized stuff and amped up stuff yeah, and yeah. back and forth, but the root of it uh, was based on that band that I was with. Cool, cool. Yeah. Uh, can I ask as well, like? You've directed shorts before, like you've directed Reflection, and was it the Marrow as well? You Marrow, directed, yeah. Um, can, can I ask, like, was there a huge difference? Was the with the big leap to the feature, especially since you were the writer and one of the actors in the film itself? Yeah, I mean, um, on Reflection, I wrote and directed it and was in it as well, so I was used to compartmentalizing my brain. And Marrow, then I just directed it, and that was a luxury just to sit back and be able to direct it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, but. I mean, obviously, anybody that moves onto a feature, you're looking at a whole new beast, you know. Yeah. Um, as much as you try to simplify it, it's just everything is thrown at you. Um, logistics and, you know, crew and acting and funding and just everything. It's a huge, huge beast. Um, so, yeah, I would say pre-production, like we were probably in pre-production for maybe a year. Yeah. Um, you know, just ironing everything out. Script-wise, I think I had like 30 drafts of the script, you know, until yeah. I finessed it down. Um, and then through that, we were making a plan, you know, to go for funding and working out our, our logistics and all that side of, of things. Uh, and then I, I wrote a lot of the parts with people in mind. So yeah. I wrote specifically for them, uh, which always helps as a writer because you can just picture them straight away yeah, and it, like yeah. i mean i wrote it for them before i even told them you know so i just <laughs> then, then i went to them and said yeah. listen i wrote you this part would you be interested yeah so um that definitely helps but yeah juggling juggling everything it is it is tough but that's why um when you have a good crew which you and then like emma my wife uh, she's the producer on the film and mm. she was incredible at all that stuff you know yeah. taking the the pressure off because i'm i'm your typical director where i'm like <laughs> i hate all the paperwork and all that kind of stuff <laughs> i know it has to be done so yeah. yeah between the two of us we were pretty much it was pretty much like an everyday thing like every day it just consumes yeah. your life you know but that's the only way you can do it especially independently cool yeah yeah um i was gonna say as well when i saw the film initially um I got a sense of that, like, y you were trying to balance, like, a com kind of comedic style with some of the characters, but also very dramatic. Like, it reminded me of kind of, like, a combination of, like, School of Rock and um, Darren Aronofsky's The Wrestler. That's how okay. I kind of saw it when yeah. I watched it, wow. um, which is a bit wacky. But, uh, yeah. um, but as, 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 what I'm trying to uh, say is, um, like, how were you able to balance, like, those kind of styles? Because they are quite, like, they do go hand in hand in some aspects, but it's also quite difficult to even kind of, Definitely, yeah. yeah. I mean, because it actually turned out funnier than I thought. So <laughs> yeah. I know that sounds really egotistical, but like, uh, I never, I never really, when I was writing it, I never planned for it to be as f just even the reaction to the night at the premiere. And I know like people give it way more the premiere, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But there was literally people crying, laughing, and stuff. <laughs> but I never like because I don't like on the nose comedy. I like sarcastic irish yeah like you know yeah, dry kind of dry humor. yeah, yeah, like yeah. The commitments or uh, those kind of films um so the the comedy yeah because it does deal with a lot of dark elements and mm. even through our kind of promotion of the film um people are expecting it to be a full-out comedy you know yeah, yeah. and then a few people were like oh like it's 
pretty dark in places, mm. you know, because I like the darkness. But um, yeah, I just think that balance and finding the right balance. And I, I hope that we have found the right balance of it, that it doesn't go too far into the, the other realm. Um, there's two characters in particular and they do go like a little bit further than I you know I thought <laughs> yeah. I was trying to pull them back I was trying to pull them back <laughs> um, but I, I do think on the balance of it that it does it does work yeah, and yeah. then after you know COVID and the misery and all that kind of stuff even though I love those kind of films I do I do want people to enjoy it as well you know mm. and the, the comedic elements doesn't take away from the resonation that you have with the other characters it's not like it thrown in as a, a, dist- a distraction you know yeah it's just to break up the the heavier topics that are running through the film yeah, yeah i kind of agree like when i was watching it myself i uh i felt like it was a nice kind of change of pace you know because like when like the film when it almost got a bit too kind of sad then it kind of like it was like oh no no here's some more stuff and it's like yeah i like that kind of like that balance i, th- I thought he did it quite well um and uh, I suppose my next question is about the locations. Because yeah. <laughs> I heard the locations were wild. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> um, total guerrilla filmmaking, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we did 32 locations in seven days. So across three counties, um, which is ridiculous. But it didn't start out like that, obviously. I mean, it, it was, I think originally, I think it was an eight-week shoot, and then it was six weeks, and then it was four weeks. And it was all down to the funding, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the reason why we planned it like that was this script initially got into the Dublin Screenwriters um, Festival. Oh, nice. And then part of that was getting to pitch to five of the big production companies. <clears throat> and yeah. three of them came back and they loved it. And they were like, wanted to be on board and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then they were there and they were like, okay, so you can't make a film for under a million. I was like, cool, do you want to give me a million? <laughs> and uh, they were like, no, you need to go to Screen Ireland, get funding, and then we'll come in, you know, and get behind you and all that kind of stuff yeah so um yeah that, and then we put in like four applications to screen ireland and many other ones and of course just rejected 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 yeah. so it just dwindled down to a little down and then we just had to really like think outside the box as regards funding and um, we mm. did a lot of outside the box stuff and uh yeah literally begging borrowing stealing and then <laughs> locations like i have to say now the local uh, commute like I live in Dundalk and I'm originally from Drada yeah. so do- between those two towns the locations that we got were just in- like incredible like I mean we got the Dundalk courthouse yeah, uh, and they didn't charge us uh, we got like coffee shop we got two supermarkets we got a full hotel um, like convenience stores we got like a, a print place you know so yeah. it really just amps amps it up and really those locations uh, it was um some youtube video i can't remember what it was but it was an independent filmmaker and they were talking about how you can make a production or a film to an audience not to somebody that's in the industry to an audience how you can make it feel like it's not low budget yeah and that is amping up the locations keeping the pace moving because Mm. your brain is constantly moving and you don't really have time to think that oh you know if it's two locations you're like okay obviously they've no money it's two locations they're going back and forth but if you just amp up the locations as much as it killed us it just tricks everyone into thinking, <laughs> you know, because I've had people coming up to me going, oh, my God, like this is like how much money did you spend on this? Yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. But it's just cheating the brain, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because like every every kind of like low budget film I've seen where like you kind of look at it and it's like, OK, you, you only managed to get like two locations in. And it was obviously because budgetarily wise and even kind of story wise, you like when you have those two locations, you kind of have to limit it. But because you had so many kind of locations, it felt like 
it just it just felt like a lot more yeah you, you feel like you had a lot more freedom you yeah, know yeah that's kind of that's what i really liked about it it was um i guess maybe it, it was like it was sad but it was a very kind of feel good that's what i really liked about it um yeah i mean i again honestly and i do mean this honestly and again it's a premiere so people like you know give it more but um the resonation that i had with people and but like not the obvious stuff. Now, mm. there, there's stuff, you know, and it's like people coming up to me and being like, oh, my friend went through this and, you know, people close to me went through this on the bigger topics. Yeah. But it was like the smaller stuff and it was like them picking out lines. It was people writing down lines from the film on their phone and, <laughs> you know, and it's like, <laughs> and there's a bit with, with uh, Andy with the boss at the end. Yeah. Like, I wanted to say that to my boss for <laughs> so many years, you know, and these little, little things and, you know, uh, it'd just be like a line in the film that I would kind of because I've been looking at it a thousand times in the edit room yeah. and I, you know for me it's kind of that's been glossed over and then someone will come up to me and is like oh when you said that line I was just bawling crying the amount of people crying which is probably not what you want at a premiere <laughs> kind of a feel good film but I couldn't get over the amount of people crying you know yeah. guys girls like bawling crying and giving out to me because I was making them making them cry <laughs> even one of our um, executive producers he, I, I offered did he want to see the full script uh, because he's an ex- executive producer and he's like yeah. no I'd rather wait and, and see it in person and he came up to me and he was angry that I made him cry you know <laughs> it was given out to me like so yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah to have that resonation in a room with, with a, a group of people from going from the page to everything you went through yeah, to there yeah. it is obviously the ultimate payoff you know yeah honestly that's like it's a dream come true when you when you like have your film like that and it can actually reson- resonate with an audience especially for like a film that's uh, very kind of like has its own aesthetic like it's very punk you know yeah. that's what I love the film. <laughs> <laughs> that's a nice way of putting it uh, like look it's not perfect I mean I know that like you know yeah. um, it's not perfect but what we are doing since you've seen it anyway we're getting it um, recolor graded with a six time BAFTA winner and that's, Ooh, so nice, that's going to nice. change the yeah. aesthetic of it and the one that we had there was literally done in three days because we had yeah. issues and we had to scramble to get it done and there's there's loads of uh, there's VFX still to be done on it mm. and you know like I said in the speech beforehand it's not the fully formed <laughs> fully formed yeah. part and then <coughs> a few comments were even like oh there was a few bits where the actors were hanging between each other because Emma edited it and it's so sharp and snappy but uh, it was the day before we were getting the sound mix done on Killian Fitzgerald yeah. and there happened to be five tracks that were wild gone I don't oh. know what the hell and we, we were trying to bring them back into the mix but it'd be on a boom and uh, they weren't important lines, so we were like, "Look, look, just get rid of them for now, and we'll yeah. ADR them back in." So <laughs> that's the, f- and then people come up to me, "Oh, there was a bit of hanging." I was like, "I know, <laughs> I know." Yeah. It was, you know. So there's all these things that nobody sees behind the scenes yeah. that's going on. Yeah. But yeah, as regards the aesthetic, it was. I mean, obviously, it was running and gunning. Like setup times were just, oh, yeah. you know, insane. We get away with it a little bit because it's a film about a punk band, you know, a <laughs> yeah. little bit. You know, you can't use that as too much of an excuse. But because yeah. it is now, it is a discussion that we had that we didn't want it to look perfect anyway, which thankfully, <laughs> because, <laughs> but <laughs> you know what I mean? I didn't want it to be really polished. Yeah. Um, originally, actually, we wanted to shoot on uh, vintage lenses. Ooh. But again, budget. Yeah. Um, uh, Pistol did a great job with that actually with the the cut did you watch that TV series with Danny Boyle his new one no I haven't yeah, yet haven't it's yet. actually uh, I wa- watch yeah I wanted to I wanted to hate it because <laughs> I was like I'd read a few reviews and you know they glossed over it's actually really really good oh, nice, and yeah. they do these kind of uh, cutaway they're like establishing shots of old London but they shoot yeah. them on vintage 
lenses. Oh, sweet. And yeah, to give it that kind of look. Yeah, I yeah. get what you mean. Yeah, so yeah, they yeah. use three different styles of cameras through it and it actually works really, really well. And yeah. I was like, oh, that's exactly what I initially yeah. wanted. For like my, Plus, my, my friend Mage, uh, he's oh. a DP. When he uses his, uh, his Komodo Red, he usually shoots on these Leica lenses that are quite vintage. And I love the look of them. Mm. He always like, those look that look is so yeah, cool like it's, it's yeah yeah um actually i was gonna say as well when you're shooting dublin crust um you stuck mainly a lot with the same crew that you've worked with on other shorts <laughs> with the transition to a feature was it just like oh you know just back to normal you know just like i'm, I'm comfortable with everyone or is it because of that high level stress there was a bit of tension was it just like you know um no i mean i have to say like the the crew were absolutely brilliant yeah. and because work with them before obviously there's a trust there mm. and i did warn everybody cast and crew i said listen guys this is gonna be absolutely insane hectic and i basically said either you're in or you're out and if you're out it's absolutely fine because yeah. this is gonna be the way it is because yeah. we know money because of the locations we were tied in because of the like the bigger actors that um time wise this is the only time that we have with them we have to do it this way. There's no two ways about it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, as regards to the crew, they were amazing. Now again, I, I there was um another guy that I had on board. If we had a got funding, mm. uh, but he's massive money and he, he's amazing. <laughs> and but that's who we had. Yeah, and then yeah. when the funding didn't come through, we we you know we had to adapt. And the guys knew that from the start. Yeah. They were still going to be on the crew, just not as the main DOP. You yeah, know. Yeah um but yeah stress levels and they were exhausted but um they just kept the morale up and mm. you know um we were a bit delirious by the end of it you know <laughs> but there was no major meltdowns blowouts anything like that yeah, and the speed that those guys can set up is ridiculous because if they hadn't we just wouldn't have gotten yeah, gotten the, the, the film done like yeah Jesus, it's like... just like it was absolutely yeah just crazy just don't tell equity <laughs> <laughs> we were doing it in shifts don't worry <laughs> uh, i did two days straight no sleep but you oh know God, yeah, yeah um, that was uh, like when i worked on hell week um it was oh it was like the prime like kind of like i suppose if you like your issue be like the perfect example of controlled chaos yeah. just like yeah. just like that kind of like you know yeah and i i do love that but at the same time it's like <laughs> no that's it and like, and you know and it was control chaos uh but the planning was meticulously down to the mm, last minute because yeah. if it wasn't oh god yeah. you're gone you yeah. know it just wasn't happening one of the biggest blows aesthetically to the whole film and it does kind of work i suppose but um we had like a, a car showroom like a proper car showroom for yeah. jeremy who plays the used car salesman yeah um, we had that all squared away booked and it was on a sunday and I was standing outside with 40 cast and crew, all ready to go. Uh, half an hour went by, an hour went by, never showed up. Ringing, calling, emailing, nothing. And so then we were like, okay, so in those situations, either you, you adapt or you just crumble. And yeah. this is indie filmmaking. You have to, you can't just start freaking out and stressing out because then your whole cast and crew starts feeling yeah, that. Exactly. So I was, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, now, luckily, my brother owns, uh, uh, we print a big printing shop in, in Drada, rang him, give us the keys get in there i mean as regards recce it was literally like right where can we shoot this you know and <laughs> yeah, there was yeah. offices upstairs and then you'll see in the film like the, the used car sales lot is just a car park we just stuck random for sale signs on all the cars that were parked yeah. there and hope they weren't coming back <laughs> um but it suits the film because jeremy as you've seen yeah. is you know this your typical used <laughs> car salesman so so maybe in hindsight putting him in a glossy nice showroom mightn't have fit his character yeah but 
at the same time, that was just one of the big locations that we lost. Uh, you know, yeah. One of my favorite scenes in the film was um, your kind of backstory when it came to the um, the, the the heist. Oh yeah, um, the, yeah, yeah. I I thought the the whole way it was shot was fantastic. I thought it was really funny. Um, and that was kind of like just bringing it back to kind of like balancing the um, the kind of comedic with even like a like action as well. Like I thought like that whole scene was really kind of. Um, was really kind of like well edited and well kind of like uh shot uh to like give you that kind of like sense mm. of like oh what's gonna happen you know and yeah, then like yeah. and then like stuff happens like oh like. yeah well, like that's my favorite scene in the whole film yeah uh, not just because i'm in it but yeah. uh, <laughs> but i love the editing back and forth because rose henderson is playing the shopkeeper yeah um and i just love going from the car back to the shop mm. back to the shop and yeah. uh, you know mixing that you know heightened drama of the heist but back out to the car and then back and forth so i love that kind of style in, in any film yeah um but that is uh aesthetically and that's that that is one of my favorite scenes and mm. then the the chase bit that we did in it was yeah uh adding a bit of you know action and a bit of movement yeah movement to it as well but yeah that would definitely be one of my favorite when you were kind of shooting it um i suppose what was your like kind of inspirations like wh- what kind of like research did you go uh, kind of into when you were shooting this film mm. i know you were saying a lot of it was based on not a lot of it but some of it was based on your 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 like your life as a drummer as in in the band but like was there any other kind of inspiration that you had to kind of make it more stylistic or well actually um that uh, robbery scene you were talking about um this is what i mean so uh emma my wife was a singer in a band which i won't name but <laughs> their drummer did that and ended up in prison oh really? so that's where that whole you yeah. know story and that backstory for bonehead came from so there's so much of that in the film that yes it is obviously heightened drama but yeah. but so much of it and it's the stuff that you you would think is oh well that's just fiction and, and it's like <laughs> no 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 <laughs> that actually happened yeah um so yeah and then like i mean um there is aspects of you know it's it's one of those films isn't it that you can't say too much because you don't want to give too much away oh, you know what God, i mean yeah, but yeah. like one one of the topics uh i can say is homelessness so i met mm. with the red door charity in drada and i had liaison meetings with them and trying to you know bring it across it authentic and listening yeah. to the stories and you know bringing that aspect of it. there's another big topic in the film which i also did the same mm. uh, i just won't mention that now <laughs> and um so yeah and then like just in general i'm such a massive movie lover mm. uh but like shane meadows would be you know like this is england that kind of style yeah, that yeah, gritty that kind of, working yeah. class um getting down into the the dredges of that working class yeah. you know that authenticity where you kind of like um the uk version of shameless in a sense pretty much Something yeah like that. Yeah. yeah so it's just and the whole film um, you can have your comedy you can have your action you can have your this and that but it just does not work if you don't invest in the characters mm. and that's what I try to do with each character that they all have their own resonation of their arc you know they're not just yeah. there as token token people you yeah. know they're um, just one dimensional just one dimensional yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and there's there's uh, and it is really layered the script mm. um, and it's one of those films and this is just purely because I love watching films like this so if you were to go back now and watch Dublin Crust again with what you know now it would be a completely different film so there's like loads of layers yeah. and there's like little hints and you're like oh that's why that's why that and that's why this yeah. and that's why that and i just love that and there's loads of symbolism of stuff that you might pick up on as well um 
so that was important to me. But yeah, if you don't invest in in the characters, and you you don't need to like punk to like this film. It, yeah. It's about a punk band. There's punk music in it, but that's secondary. It's mm. about these characters, and it's about retribution. You know, it's about retribution of character. Um, and and basically, you know, the the synopsis is that it's ten years after the band have split up. Yeah. Bonehead, who I play the drummer, comes out of prison, and he wants to reform the band for for one last reunion show. Yeah. Um, and that's the core the core side of it and then there's all the turmoil that goes along with yeah, that and the and relationship then, between other bandmates and other that. bandmates yeah, and yeah. where they are in their life and what's going on with them and then you know it's they realise that that music was the only thing that was the glue in their life and they don't even mm. realise it until they, they want to reform um, yeah. and then the singer he absolutely hates me because it was my fault that the band broke up and, mm. and then it's it's all about you know my intentions are they pure for getting the band back together? Are they selfish? Or like, yeah. what? what is my reasoning for it's that? It's good. I like that because like, films like that where they pose a question, they make the audience kind of question the characters. And I love that about certain films. And I feel like Dublin Crusted did quite well. I really do genuinely think that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and here, I'll slip you that 20 now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But like, yeah, like uh, I just think, like I think it, the writing of it, like I loved it. Like I genuinely did. I thought the... Um, the relationship between the different characters felt really realistic. Like, it felt like they like your actual characters, you know? And, like, even when you're saying with the different stories that you, like, were inspired by to, like, write it in, like, they felt like it fits so well into the film because it's about a punk band, you know, like, punk rock and roll, everyone knows the whole kind of thing, do you know? Yeah. Um, and also, what I, another huge thing I love about it was um, the actual music itself. I thought the soundtrack was phenomenal. Yeah, um, I mean, we are so lucky. Like, <laughs> yeah. So like uh, Killian Fitzgerald is doing the same mix. <clears throat> when we finished on that day, he was like, "Baz, I have to ask you, like, how much have you paid in royalties to get these massive bands?" And I was like, "None of them are massive bands." Like, well, Paranoid Visions—they've been going for forty years. They'd probably be the biggest band that are on there. Every other band, I either gigged with them mm. through the years, or um, Eddie, <coughs> the singer who plays the singer in Dublin Cross, um, he would know a lot of them, and he recommended me some bands. Mm. Um, we used three of uh, the Simpos uh, music and that was literally me just on YouTube Irish punk bands right and this video came up yeah. and it, it was the song that we use in the big bar fight scene yeah 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 and I was like who are these guys they're like they just had this like hook and melody and the video was so good and they <laughs> yeah. they, they kind of look like Sorry, Simpos, but they kind of look like scumbags, <laughs> but they're punks. And yeah. I was like, I love that. They kind of look like Mickey who's in the film, yeah, you know, yeah, that kind of yeah. look. And I was like, oh, wow, this is. But we use three of their songs. We use, you know, opening credits, uh, pub scene and the big chase scene. Yeah. And uh, I just I just love that band. Mm. And but all the music, I think, yeah, it does complement the scenes um, and then there's music in it that shouldn't belong in a punk film did you notice that like <laughs> yes the... yes there's like when there's more kind of like dramatic scenes in it like it didn't like it wasn't uh, the kind of like like rush nature or like you know like that kind of thing of the punk uh, like punk music I'm not sorry I'm not a punk fan by the way so that's <laughs> okay. why I'm poorly describing everything <laughs> but anyway um, the uh, yeah like the scenes where I don't want to spoil anything but the scenes mm -hmm. when there was a character when we see them like like in their dump uh, like down in the dumps yeah. and like when you have the music there like yeah. it's quite somber it's quite sad and like it fits so well like I didn't think it, like when I was watching it I was like I, I, I don't know if this is going to fit but then like when I watched the whole kind of film overall I really really enjoyed it I thought it worked overall as like a complete work you okay, know yeah because I mean uh, the, there's a bit 
Under the Bridge and it's yeah. a grime track. It's like a, a rap grime yeah, track. Yeah, yeah. And uh, because we had that actually as sad music and I was yeah. like, oh, I'm sick of the sad music. Let's put something in there. But it, yeah, it's pure grime. And yeah, then I, yeah. and there's, you know, this is, again, this is pure indie filmmaking. So we are shooting Under the Bridge. It's uh, famous in Drada for graffiti, uh, all their graffiti and they do the uh, national competitions there every year. But there happened to be a graffiti artist and he was working on something and my AD came up to me and he's like oh Baz will I, will I ask him does he mind moving while we're shooting and I was like ask him does he mind being in the film <laughs> like yeah. capitalise on that and he is in the film so it looks like you know yeah, we, yeah. we have this guy and then the grime music just matches perfectly because I, I walk yeah. up to him and then it, the music is is playing fully and then it transitions to it's coming out of his boombox mm. you know it's for the sound to match so yeah there's, there's a few bits of music that's in there that shouldn't belong in a punk <laughs> film but again I like pushing that that boundary on yeah, that side you know? it's that kind of like the uh, the detail within the image itself when you're when you're shooting that's what I love like like one of my favourite films is like uh, Kira Kurosawa's um, Seven Samurai yeah. and like throughout that film like even in the wide shots there's so much detail and so much like that you don't need, like sometimes you don't even notice it until you rewatch it again yeah. that's another thing with Dublin Crust where like throughout the film like you have different shots and like there's so much filled in with that shot even like uh even the scene in the cafe um with mm. uh with your character and then um you know tracy tracy yeah. sorry so much. Yeah. <laughs> i'm terrible with names yeah. um but but that scene like there's so much kind of like filled in with that and it just um yeah i just completely agree i think it works really really well um i was gonna say as well with going back to writing real quick um, I I know a lot of people when they're writing they suffer from writer's block. I've suffered from writer's block when I'm writing my own little shorts. Um, were was there any was there many like hurdles you had to jump over throughout the film when you were kind of like writing it up, or was it just like like you said before with the inspirations? Oh, um, this is a cool story. I can see if I can kind of like blend this in and see if that works. Yeah, I mean that one in particular, <clears throat> it was quite organic. Um because I knew who I was writing about and I knew that world, you know, it wasn't as if I was having to go research it, you know, and mm. like trying to find inspiration there. Um, but, and then I'd start writing and I'd, I'd kind of remember another story or another character that used to be around yeah. that scene at that time. Um, I suppose just structurally, it was finding that balance of, you know, mm. um, the tones in it, because it's quite heavy and, you know, yeah. then the comedy aspect of it. Um, that was probably the most, difficult and i like reshuffled it quite a bit yeah uh, even we reshuffled in the edit room then you know mm. we broke up some scenes and brought it back and forward and stuff like that but um yeah. no i think like uh it was and i haven't said that like i think i i did 30 drafts or something like that and yeah. it, you know the story changed yeah, yeah quite a bit every time and it was just making sure that the character development was there for the audience i i look the number one mistake in in any film and there is just movies that you go to see that are brain dead entertainment. That's <laughs> yeah. fine. Okay, I understand that. But popcorn movies, essentially. Just popcorn movies, yeah. yeah. And okay, I get that. But any film that you walk away and you don't care whether they live, they die, they succeed, they fail, mm. you just walk away and you're just like, ah, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, I think that's a failure on and that starts with the script you know yeah exactly. uh, and sometimes you you don't realize why you walk away with with that feeling you're just you yeah. kind of feel a bit short change i'm after investing an hour and a half in, of my life here and then the character payoff whatever that may be yeah is not there it's not satisfying it's yeah. just not satisfying yeah, yeah. yeah. and um you, you watch so many movies 
like that so yeah. just for me and again it's because of the kind of films that i like that yeah. was just super super important that you were you were gonna even if you hated them that's a feeling you know <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. just not this neutral yeah neutral yeah it's feeling, just like yeah. god like they're there yeah like, you know what i mean yeah, like, yeah 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 whatever <laughs> oh that was cool you know it's yeah, like yeah. that's not enough really no you know? not at all yeah. i yeah i completely agree like i i love films that have a bit of substance to it like no matter how simple the story is or even how like fucking like uh out of, out of this world of bonkers the story is as long as it like you're able to kind of connect with characters and you're able to kind of write a really decent character arc um i couldn't really care like what kind of like what what, what direction the story goes like i i'll always have that character that i identify with and i think with dublin cross there's so many different characters like you give so many different characters um like background that it just like it's 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 hard not to like kind of give it feel something yeah yeah yeah. You know? yeah and and that's what i mean like it's not going to be for everybody and everybody's going to have their opinion on it but just like the other night in the premiere that you know that it had enough depth to make people cry is whatever character you're, you're invested in that's yeah. an investment you yeah, know like exactly. so if you can do that and i like i even had that uh, at the script phase people who read the mm. script i had like five or six people that were you know emotionally invested into it and yeah. crying or whatever it was you know so i was like okay so if i can take that and put that into the yeah, film in, yeah then we, we we have something here you know so yeah. um yeah just just the, the payoff of you investing in these characters needs to needs to be there and that can be a happy feeling as well it doesn't have to be yeah. you know sad or crying or anything like that yeah, yeah. are you uh, are you relieved that the whole thing's done is it like like big weight off your shoulders <laughs> well it's not done that's the problem oh, okay. so yeah we, we got it to the to the screening and now like i said recolor grading uh we're going back into the edit room we still yeah, have yeah. vfx to do feels like it's never going to be done <laughs> um but yeah i am relieved that we've got it and i mean we've gotten it to this point in nine months from shoot to to hear so for a feature yeah. film editing wise and everything that's pretty good going you know yeah. um so yeah i am relieved that we have some kind of template to work with we just need to finesse yeah. what, what we have now you know um yeah. and then we we have some interest so we just need to make sure that we produce the best version that we can when we go yeah. that next step further next yeah. year yeah so there's no uh, no confirmed release date yet no confirmed Ooh. no not really we're just kind of <laughs> keeping our options open there um yeah like i said we do have interest and uh we'll see what direction they want to go in mm. um there was a, a big producer at the premiere the other night and yeah and he was he was very impressed nice uh so much so that he's he's already pushed us out there and you know yeah. he kind of stuck to his word again you know you talk to these people at the end they're just being nice or whatever yeah, yeah. but literally the next kinda day shake hands like oh how's it going yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. next day he was like on the ball <laughs> so um yeah we'll just we'll just see what happens and you know you yeah, would yeah. you would love it to just be uh i'm not comparing it in any shape or form but you know like roddy doyle but just sitting mm. in that world of an irish uh, like that producer said he hasn't seen an authentic movie irish movie like that in a decade yeah. you know so he was like that kind of style of film um so that was a huge compliment so if mm. we can just get that to the audiences i think i think overall they will enjoy a story like that yeah know? i think yeah. so too yeah. i think i think purely the fact that like it's not just a like it's not just a i suppose punk kind of film like there's characters there you know there's yeah. well it's well written the music's fantastic the sh it's shot really well like i feel like people are going to resonate like with that it's not just like another kind of musical you know what yeah, i mean yeah like um yeah and 
yeah just different kinds of audiences and stuff like that and like even you know my dad is in his 70s <laughs> like he was pissing himself laughing you know and just to see that i know it's my dad or whatever but he was even saying oh i just didn't expect it to be yeah. be that funny or you know but uh, like that's uh, and it could be just an irish thing but any films like that intermission the van and uh, we just find it hilarious because that's our irish humor yeah you know? exactly yeah it might not translate outside the world but i don't really care i honestly don't care yeah. you know if um just even if the irish audience react to it like that then yeah. i'd be happy yeah uh i suppose my last question is um from film in this now have you had any like proper learning experiences now from your first feature that you know that you're not going to do now with your next one yeah just don't do it again and <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah 100 percent and i could never do what we did like that again like yeah. i couldn't it took me two months to recover afterwards and i'm sure a lot of the crew will tell you the same it was just man i'm glad we did it and it was great and we have the memories and we have the film but yeah. uh, to do that again the way we did it no not a chance um so yeah and and getting back to the funding i mean like uh as i said we went outside the box so well we did uh, a crowdfunder and that was usually disappointing uh it's you know everybody's oh it's amazing you're making a film making a film yeah. and then when it comes to people getting behind you as i'm sure you've heard from so many filmmakers <laughs> yeah. there's just tumbleweed um <clears throat> but then all our applications you know getting rejected getting rejected and then um, we went outside the box as regards getting product placement yeah. uh, in it. I mean, for the robbery, we needed a van anyway. And then we went to like Sheds Direct and they <laughs> sponsored like that. And I was like, okay, we win-win, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, and literally like uh, I, there was one week I sent 172 emails, every shop, every connection, whether it was a location or they could give us something in, in some shape or form or going after like uh, executive producers that were invested into indie filmmaking yeah. and just scrambling 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 just to get enough just to get it done uh, everybody got paid which i'm super proud of uh, that was one thing from the very start and um, we crucified ourselves a little bit though because we thought we would get some form of funding yeah and actually the arts council um, they rejected us twice and this is me being tenacious i got on to the local tds and mm. i got them to write a letter on my behalf and next day they gave us you <laughs> know nice, what i mean yeah. i said this it's just never give up don't take no for yeah, an answer exactly, yeah. just keep hounding them because it's just too easy for people to say no yeah and um, i broke the cardinal rule and put shit ton of my own money into it so it was either that or it wasn't going to get done but uh, yeah we crucified ourselves as regards we we kind of promised everybody you know this pay this pay this pay yeah because uh, we thought we get some fun and then we didn't and we had to mm. you know honor our um commitment or, commitment yeah. yeah so uh yeah so learning curve then um it would be to for the next one definitely that we would need to have the funding in place um and not do 32 locations in seven days <laughs> and probably do the lazy man's uh, well, the one i'm writing now is the lazy man's filmmaker where it's one location five actors <laughs> you know small yeah. crew um, it's like a horror thriller that i'm Ooh, writing nice, so yeah, nice. completely completely different than yeah. than dublin crust um and that's what I like as well. I I, I don't want to make the same film again. I've done done Double Cross and move yeah. on. You know, you've done um, your like personal film now. Yeah. You do all the wacky stuff now. Do all the yeah yeah yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I love so many different styles of film. So yeah. Um yeah, just I don't, I wouldn't like to try and replicate that as well. Trying to replicate that energy would be very hard. You know, yeah. um. So yeah, as regards yeah, just it'll be getting the funding in place, longer shoot, a lot more chilled out, um, and just a lot more structure. But like I said, I'm glad we did it. If we can do that, 
for what we had and the way we did it and everything like that i think it will make the journey a lot easier down the road then yeah amazing well baz it was fantastic chatting with you on rap chat thanks very much for having me no worries yeah and uh we'll talk, chat to you soon nice one thanks man <laughs>